Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Let's go to James in Palo Alto. He's looking at Fidelity National Financial. Yes, Justin, uh, great show as always. Uh, I just wanted to ask and see if you think this is a good buyer opportunity. And provides unbiased answers. I, I still like the name. Now, the bigger question is when do you get in? Invest Talk. Over 30 million downloads and counting. Let's head up to Washington State and talk with Gene. He's looking at gold stocks. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, March 4th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. I thank you all for tuning in during this hour and during this volatile market environment. We're finally seeing some excitement, uh, and excitement can come in various ways. And for some, the sell off in the market is a learning experience. For some, it's an opportunity. And for some, it's a just an interesting development that maybe might not affect them very much depending on their asset allocation. Some are benefiting, some are hurting, some are indifferent. And I'm sure all of you fit in one of those buckets. But no matter what is happening in the market today, I'm sure there are questions, there are ideas, opportunities that you're looking at that you maybe need a second opinion, a professional opinion, and that's what I am here to help with. And this hour, we are going to operate with the mission statement of independent thinking and shared success means that I'm going to present everything on the show without an agenda, without a bias, right? Whether I'm talking about the market, uh, explaining how to uh, invest in a particular strategy, explaining the pros and cons of a stock idea. All of it will be presented with just the facts and without me having an axe to grind, right? Now, I'm Justin Klein, and of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions, and when you do that, you shape the show to the things that you want to talk about. In fact, you can call and interact with us right now during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, or you can leave a question anytime on our Invest Talk Voice Bank. That number never changes. As always, 888 chart Now let's get straight to our first listener question now. Hey, Justin and Steve. Uh, thank you for all you do and uh, providing us insight. I have a quick question on Palantir, P-L-T-R. I got in around the $10 mark. I was looking out of the position, but it has since skyrocketed up to about 33-ish. I'm wondering what would be a good entry point. Thank you. I look forward to your response. Thank you. Bye. All right, looking at PLTR, this is Palantir Technologies. This is a recent IPO back in, what, late September, early October timeframe. And this is a $44 billion market cap. Yep, billion with a B. And they did revenues last year of $1 billion. So you're talking about a 40 
times revenue valuation even after it's fallen from 43 and change of its high and now it's at 23 or sorry 2473 at the close today so this is drastically overvalued yes they're going to make money next year 20 cents 20 cents that's an increase of 33% from this year expectation of 15 cents but it's a 24 dollar stock so I'm going to pass on this until much, much lower prices. You know, this is the type of name that will struggle in this type of market environment. Right? It's a growth name. So to me, this is uh, definitely a single digit stock. Now, is it worth eight bucks, six bucks, four bucks? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it's the recent or the financial numbers only go back to 2018 so there's not a lot of market history here and so I wouldn't even think about owning it until it gets to the single digits then I would say okay let's reassess here now here's the valuation that's going to be probably sub 15 billion right and then you can start you know 10 to 15 times sales that maybe become a little more palatable there uh, but until it gets close to that 10 times sales I'm not even thinking about buying Palantir. So once again, this is the type of name that will struggle in this environment where tech and growth stocks are in a downtrend. Now here we are today, and I am here to help you with the strategies to deal with this current market volatility, not just today, but going forward, right? I am here to teach you how to fish, not just give you a fish. And that's why I'm ready to take your calls right now at our Invest Talk Anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now let's check in on the market today. The 10-year hit the highest level in, geez, two years, 1.55. Yeah, the highest level since, what date is this? Yeah, early 2000, yeah, I guess pre-pandemic. So we've almost done a full return on the 10-year uh, treasury rate, despite Fed QE and uh, lowering interest rates and just, just really pushing down the uh, interest rates across the curve post-COVID shutdown. And the market's kind of reacting to that, right? From an earnings perspective, we're, not, we're worse off than we were pre-COVID. And you have a 10-year that's about where we were when we hit COVID. And so you should expect the market to be lower, a bit lower, than where we were pre-COVID. And we're not there yet, right? And so I think we're going to have a return to kind of the last January's highs in the S&P and the NASDAQ were heading there rather fast because those higher interest rates certainly are a big headwind for that side of the market. And you're seeing that big, big divergence, big breakdown of the growth side of the market versus value. Dollars getting a bit of strength. so tightening financial conditions. Uh, so across the board, you're seeing the multiples, especially on these high multiple stocks, contract. And when you contract from a high multiple stock, the, oftentimes they can go down 20, 30, 40% very quickly, very easily. And that's what you're seeing now. And there's a lot of new traders that are starting to learn this lesson that these exciting names are exciting on the way up, but they're painful on the way down. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We are now mo moving through the first trading week of March. So 
2021 is moving fast, so let's touch on one quick technical note. Yesterday, our, distribu- our distribution studio experienced a power failure during our live stream show. We apologize for any inconvenience to our listeners. And Steve asked a trivia question. He will answer it on Friday's podcast. In the meantime, your goal of financial freedom will require information and effective strategies, and that's what we are here to help you with. Your participation is vital, so give us a call live at 888-99-CHART. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you've found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line, 888 99Chart. Let's head up to Washington State and talk with Gene. He's looking at gold stocks. Justin, um, thanks for the great program. Long-time listener, love tuning in every day. Um, yeah, I I wanted some exposure to uh, some gold stocks, and uh, I uh, you know have a TD Ameritrade uh, IRA that I've been investing in for a while, and had a couple thousand dollars to uh, to start. Uh, position in a gold stock, I decided to go with Franco Nevada and uh, Newmont Mining, and uh, I decided to do um, half in one and half in the other instead of just going for one mm-hmm. uh, one position. I, anyway, I just wanted to see what you thought about that, going for two instead of one. Like yeah, that. we. I mean, we like uh, Franco Nevada and Newmont. Uh, we've owned those for actually many a few years now. So uh, you know, it's been the gold space has been going through a consolidation period for the past uh, seven months or so, really since last August. And this is just shaking out the weekends. Technically, if you look longer term, uh, you know, I kind of look at the GDX. It gives you the full picture of the entire space. We pulled back to the 100-week moving average, which is uh, pretty typical. Uh, I think we're in near major support, uh, really where we broke out back in April of last year. And so I think we're very close to that next takeoff in, in gold. It's just a matter of when we get that, that next catalyst because the sentiment is, is very weak, but technically and fundamentally with uh, the dollar been in a big downtrend, uh, even though real, uh, real rates have been rising, and that's another reason why you've seen uh, the, the pullback here. Uh, longer term, that's unsustainable for our fiscal situation to have rising real yields. And that's why you're seeing the problems uh, kind of in the stock market today is uh, those rising real yields are creating uh, issues. And so the fact that gold and gold miners haven't broken down significantly uh, makes me even more bullish that uh, it, this situation isn't routing them to a dramatic degree. So I think you just need to have stronger hands uh, and I would be accumulating more. Thanks for the call, Gene. Let's go to James in Palo Alto. He's looking at Fidelity National Financial. Yes, Justin, uh, great show as always. Uh, I just wanted to ask and see if you think this is a good buy opportunity. Um, It looks like they have a low P-E ratio, uh, Mm. and today they went down about 4%, so I was thinking if I can get into this stock or if you think that I should look for an alternative. 
No, I, I kind of like uh, Fidelity National Financial. I do think their recent boost in earnings for 2020 went from $3.39 to $5.35. That was uh, a little kind of uh, – it was a boost from all the buying activity and all the moving, right? Because they provide title insurance, escrow services, et cetera, around the housing market. And so many people moving, buying because of the pandemic – uh, that was a big driver of their earnings. And earnings this year expected to fall 9%, 3% next year, go back to $4.70 next year, but that's still well above 2019 totals of $3.39. And so while I expect near-term moderation of the, of the sector, of the housing market because of higher rates, uh, I, I still like the name. Now, the bigger question is, when do you get in, right? Because higher rates are going to be very bad for uh, the housing market transactions overall because of the cost of capital, the cost of a mortgage. And so when you feel like maybe the rates have, have peaked out, that's when it would be a good time to get into something like this. I like the name longer term. I think you'll do fine here, uh, but I do think you'll get a better buying opportunity later this year as rates kind of peak out probably closer to that $30 a share level as opposed to 37 and change today. So, you know, starting to pick up on the a pick up portion of your position on these dips is not a bad idea, but I wouldn't get super aggressive until you get into that low 30 range. Thanks for the call. That was Fidelity National Financial Services. Good mortgage insurer or title insurer, excuse me. Let's go to Emilios, our friend Emilios in San Francisco. He's looking at Micron Technologies. How are you, Justin? Doing well. Are you owning Micron or are you looking to buy it? No, I'm looking to buy it because of uh, of this down, you know, sell-off in the tech industry. So I'm trying to load up on a few good companies, uh-huh. and I wanted to get your opinion on uh, the fundamentals of Micron, if you like well, it. Well, I, I like Micron. It's uh, it's up there with some of my favorite uh, chip names, but it, it's not at the top of the list. And if you look at its recent performance financially, it's kind of eh, so-so, uh, especially compared to a lot of the other names. Uh, and you know, this whole tech sector is rolling over, semiconductors are rolling over. So I don't think you're you're close to a buy point yet, and I don't think it's undervalued yet. It needs to get back into the below 70 range. That's when I would say, okay, this is starting to get uh, about fairly valued. Our, our value is around $65 a share. And so that's where I would be potentially stepping in if you're looking to gain exposure to the chip names. Uh, Micron's good, but it's not our favorite in the space. So hope that helps me this. Thanks for the call. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends, especially in times like this. And we know there are many changes ahead in the market, right? We've talked about this before, and you need to be prepared for them. So we're taking your calls live at 888 chart There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. 
Now, my focus point today involves a story asking this question, what's ahead for business and technology in the post-COVID world? And this is very important to, to understand is how will work life change, both from a management perspective, right? how companies handle their employees, and then how employees, what they expect from their employers, right? Now, the first trend that will clearly stick is collective displacement. And this is when that brands on the other side of the equation need to seek new ways to interact with people in different ways, right? We're having different places that we interact with the companies, typically more virtual, either through some sort of a screen or our phones, typically. And this is a new focus, right, for a lot of businesses that were primarily in person, even retail. I think of that personal interaction that you have with the shoe salesman, for example, at Nordstrom's. Well, if more and more of those interactions are happening online, how do you make that interaction more personable? So that's a big trend that I think will accelerate and will challenge businesses to find ways to really make their customers feel more appreciated. So that's a big trend. Uh, I think one of the bigger ones that I've noticed personally is the loss of rituals. Things that we do or did regularly, or maybe still do, that have a big effect on our mental wellness. For example, a ritual, for example, is driving to work, right? Your commute, that is a ritual. It's transition between work life and home life. Turns your brain to thinking about different challenges and different needs. And so how do you do that when maybe you work at home? And home is work. Work is home. So I think that's a big challenge that companies can come in and fill that void. One way, I know I, I do it if I, whenever I do work from home, is go for a little walk. Right between waking up, getting ready, and then coming back and getting to work. And vice versa, at the back end of, of the day as well. Also, the ritual of sense of belonging, such as social connections. How do you create those natural social connections that in-office work typically has? Also, rituals as comfort. This is the me time. And maybe that me time was grabbing a cup of coffee late morning. Uh, maybe it was yoga. I know in uh, our office building, there are yoga classes that you can take. And that can be me time as well. I know S- Steve has a workout schedule, for example. And that, for him, is me time. So all of these shift in this time. And a lot of businesses are going to have to change the way that they interact with employees. And I think in a lot of ways, it's going to actually improve both the individual, the worker, and how happy they are. It should take some time to adapt. And for businesses, 
Although it may be a bit harder to manage or a new way to manage, the cost savings are going to be tremendous. So how much do they spend? How much do, you know, who pays for the internet at home, for example? Who pays for the printing? What kind of clothes does the employee have to wear? All these things make it harder to manage, but can also save a lot on office expenses. Now, next up, the question, the type of question we seem to get from time to time here in Talk. this one concerning 401ks. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Jay from Petaluma. My question is about rolling over a 401k. Um, I have a 401k from a previous employer that has about $9,500 in it. I'm at a new company with a new 401k, and I'm wondering if there's any benefit of rolling that over into a IRA or a Roth, or if I should just leave it in that 401k and let it sit. Um, it looks like there's a small advisory fee that gets taken out each month. Again, not much in it, $9,500, but I'm just wondering if I should keep it in it or roll it over into a Roth. Thank you. Well, I definitely would roll it over into an IRA of some type, either a Roth or a traditional IRA. And that will open you up to way more possibilities, right? When a standard IRA brokerage account, you can invest in basically anything, you know, stock, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, etc. I would say a little over half of the accounts that we manage for clients are IRAs, excuse me, of some type, Roth, SEP, individual. And I recommend that for almost everybody, especially if you're getting charged some sort of a management fee. Now, whether it's a Roth IRA, that's a question for your CPA. Anything you roll, if you take that 401k money that has not been taxed and roll that into a Roth, you can do that, but you're going to be taxed on that entire amount, the 9500 so make sure that you understand the tax implications of that. All right. Hope that helped. Now, next, Invest Talk, the story. SPACs are becoming less of a sure thing as the deals get stranger. It seems like the SPAC trade could only go up, but as they bring lower quality companies public, many chosen takeovers are proving to be a mistake. That story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant 
with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, I'm Ruby from the Bay Area, and I had a question about the stock name Zometa. It's a stock that is uh, developing a diagnostic way uh, to detect cancer for animals like cats and dogs. And I wanted to see if I should sell it now since it has gone up significantly or keep it in the hopes that it continues to go up. Thanks. All right. This is Zoomedica. And this is a, I would call it a penny stock, trading $1.87 to close today, down 16 cents. And she's correct that they are in the final development uh, and commercialization of something called True Forma Platform, which detects thyroid disorders in dogs, cats, and adrenal disorder in dogs. Now, my first question is, that's great. I don't know what the efficacy of it is. Uh, I haven't looked at any studies, so you'd have to do a little background on that. And then what is the total addressable market for something uh, like this? Now, the market cap is $1.7 billion today, and historically, this is a company that has just burned capital, about $20 million per year over the last three, four years or so, and they've been serial issue of shares. In 2014, they only had a million shares outstanding. Today, they have 364 million shares outstanding, so issuing shares in order to you know, make up the, uh, the, the loss in operating uh, in order to do their research and, and bring it to market. So this is a, a typical biotech company in some ways, uh, but atypical because it's in the, uh, in the animal space. And I actually like that. I like that they're kind of focused on this space. It's uh, typically an area where there's not a lot of regulation there is very strong demand if it works. Uh, but once again, I don't know if it works. History of the business says this is bad to invest in, but if they can come to market with something that is marketable and has a big market for it, then it could be a big winner. But I'd really have to understand that true form of platform and how effective it is, and that's what you need to do. And if you have faith in it, 
Go for it. Keep it. Now let's keep the flow moving and go straight back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier at 888 chart Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Chris from Virginia. Absolutely love what you guys do. Looking at ticker symbol KDP, Keurig Dr. Pepper, looking to add it for the long term. It looks like it's been a little, a little overbought, but just wanted to get your opinion. Thanks. Bye. All right, looking at Keurig, Dr. Pepper, they have over 125 different brands. This is a merge between Dr. Pepper, Snapple, and Keurig Mountain Coffee back in 2018. It's the third largest non-alcoholic beverage company in North America. Uh, it's probably behind the likes of Coke and Pepsi. And their flagship brands, 7-Up, Canada Dry, Schweppes, Mott's, Buy, etc., and so I, they also have the K-Cup, right, the coffee maker. And so I like the business overall, I will say that. Now, if you look at the fundamentals, though, it's, it's a bit expensive here. Enterprise value to EBITDA is about 20. That's pretty expensive for a name that's growing in the mid-single digits. So you're definitely not getting a value here. Uh, our value is closer to... $25 a share, now it's at 30 so it's you know about 20% or so overvalued in, in my book. And if you look at the profitability longer term, it's strong, it's steady, and it's increasing. And I like that. I like the, the, the strength of its, uh, its profitability and the steadiness of its profitability. However, once again, it's trading at a bit of a premium here. For my liking, I would be patient on it. I would need to get it around that 25 range or less. That's when I would be interested in the name. Uh, but I like what you're looking at. I like the long-term profitability. They have a lot of good brands, and it's a good business. It's just a matter of buying it at the right price. Thanks for the call. Now let's get, let's make it a voice bank triple play and go straight to another question. Hi guys, uh, new to the show. Just wanted to ask what your opinion was on the future of stocks related to the nanomaterial graphene thanks for your input bye-bye all right I, i've i've heard about graphene for a long long time really i don't know decade or two 10 15 years or so and it's they've been successful at making graphene uh, and graphene is a crazy interesting material uh, it is super strong super lightweight and the problem has been being able to produce it in large scale at cheap enough, uh, cheap enough prices, right? And so that's really the big problem here is that it's just not economically viable. Now, one day, possibly, do they get there? I don't know who it could be. Maybe it's DuPont. Maybe it's another one of these big chemical uh, and material companies. But in today's... With today's technology, it's just not economically viable. But one day, it kind of reminds me of the fuel cell market. Right? You can make it. It's, it can be viable in certain applications. But it's so narrow and so inefficient and so uneconomical that it just can't be used on a large scale. And that's why it's not a great investable asset class. Now, next, I will pivot to a live call, this time from Evan in Miami. He's looking at AWK, which is American Water Company. You own it or are you looking to buy it? 
Hey, good evening, Justin. I'm looking to buy it. I saw that it's back to almost pre-pandemic levels, and uh, I'd just like to get into it for a long-term hold and seeing your thoughts. All right. This is American Water Works. They provide water, wastewater, utility services to more than 15 million customers in 46 states, one in, in Canada. And it's a slow-growth company. It's a, it's a water utility. And in this environment with higher interest rates, utilities tend to struggle, to be honest with you. So it's not a shock that they are doing so hot uh, recently. Now, our value is closer to $100 a share. Right now, it's at $134. So I just don't like the, the valuation quite yet. I know it's down from its high, 52-week uh, high of uh, 172 So it's down about 22%, but it was drastically overvalued then. It's supposed to make $4.54 next year, trading $134 a share for a utility company. So I, I would need it all the way down to pre-pen or to to pandemic levels, right, where it fell right around that $100 mark, that's where it would be interesting to me. But until then, I'm not, I'm not picking it up because, you know, interest rates are rising and the valuation is not even close to palatable uh, for me to get excited about it. So I would keep it on your watch list, but it needs to get a lot cheaper for me to buy such a low growth business. Thanks for the call. No, I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and you are not alone. It is now official. We have passed the 30 million download number in the history of the Invest Talk podcast. And I don't know if you know this, but the Invest Talk radio show has been going on for a decade plus before that, before we started in 2008 on the podcast. But this is exciting. You know, we're, we're happy. We're so blessed to have an amazing network of listeners all throughout the world here in North America, not just the U.S., but uh, Canada and Mexico, uh, all across Europe, the U.K., Germany, Switzerland, even Russia, all the way to Asia. We have India, China, uh, Australia even. So, so many listeners. And the Apple ecosystem, interesting enough, is 87% of our downloads. So I'm sure most of you are listening via the iTunes app on your phone. Another 7% comes from desktop PCs. So that makes up about 94% there. And then the rest come from all over the place, all different types, Android, etc. Now, Steve and I thank you for downloading a Best Talk and telling your friends and family about this valuable information that we give out each and every weekday. And please keep those calls, questions, and emails coming in. We thank you. Remember our website, investtalk.com, has a good number of resources available to assist, assist you with your goal of building a solid financial future. And if you're unsure about where to start, I suggest you take our risk risk questionnaire. Helps you define your investment comfort zone, kind of like a speed limit. The higher it is, the more comfortable you are with risk, the lower it is, maybe more conservative you should be. Now, of course, you are welcome to call our KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California. We would love to help you. We want to help you. Our phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. 
So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Peasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Yes, my father left me approximately a million in stocks, diversified stocks through a Vanguard account. And out of that, about 100000 is what I would call liquid. I believe that was part of his retirement. I'd like to know what to do with that money, if I should just leave it alone or um, reinvest it, some of it. And I'd appreciate your help. Thanks. All right. Well, it's hard for me to give you direct advice because I don't know what those stocks are, how diversified they are. Um, you might think they're stocks, but they could also be ETFs. So just understanding what that asset, what that asset distribution is, is very important. Uh, and then what your goal is with the money. Is it uh, to use it in the near term? Is it long term for uh, your retirement or for your kids, maybe college? Uh, what is the use? Maybe it's for a home. There's a lot of unknowns here that I don't have. So it's hard for me to give you that direct advice. So what I encourage you to do, and this is for anyone out there that's trying to get some help, is to head over to our website, click on Portfolio Review uh, under the Invest Talk tab, and fill out, you can download a template. It's a Excel spreadsheet. Put in your account type, uh, the ticker symbol, and then the dollar amount, and that can create a report and figure out, okay, what's the strategy, what's your risk, and we can go over your risk tolerance and develop something that makes sense for you uh, and your ultimate goals. So sounds like you're you're just kind of gathering this uh, this information and trying to make a decision and I'm sure a lot of you are in that same boat so please head over to our site and reach out to me and we'll set up a call either a phone call or a video chat now let's keep things moving with a live caller heading up to Napa talk to Noel he wants to talk about taxes yeah hi Justin Hello, Justin. Uh, yeah, a week or so ago, you mentioned about uh, a tax situation uh, that's come up, I guess. Uh, uh, it might be advantageous for some people to file their taxes early as opposed to waiting to the last minute. Do you have any yep. more on that situation? Uh, who would want to, what the criteria might be for filing early? Well, if you somehow had a lot lower income in 2020 versus 2020, or 2019, then it might make sense to file that early. Now, I am hearing, though, that in this bill, they're going to apply it to 2019 income regardless. So, you know, the bill hasn't been passed. Uh, but if you are if you, if you are planning to report less income in 2020 versus 2019, then it probably makes sense to hurry that up versus uh, delaying. Uh, filing early if you had... Uh uh, less than 20, less tax, uh, less reportable income in 2020, are you saying? Yes, exactly. But okay. if you make a good amount of money, I don't know what kind of money you make, Noel, but if you're making 150000 200000 or more, it looks like you're going to be cut off anyway, whether you make, you know, uh, uh, less in 2020 versus 2019 or not. If you still make above a certain threshold, it looks like you're going to be cut off anyway. So, 
I don't, I haven't looked at the bill specifics to be honest with you and what that cutoff is. Uh, but you know, I don't think it's really a big issue at this point because they're looking at 2019 income. Thanks for the call. Now I can fit one more quick question in here. Let's try it out. How's it going? Uh, this is Tony. I'm from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And I was just wondering what you all think about the ETL-ICLN. Thank you. All right. Looking at ICLN, this is the iShares Trust Global Clean Energy ETF. And I think this is a time where the clean energy sector it, shine is starting to come off. And you're seeing that this is down from its 52-week high around, let's see, about $34 a share. Now we're at 23 so down about a third in the span of uh, what, a month or so. And this whole sector is just drastically overvalued. I mean, I've, I, I, we're looking at names and just looking at how we can gain exposure. And I think the best exposure for the clean energy space is going to be the commodities. I really believe that. Uh, no matter what, who builds it, what companies are building the solar panels or uh, the, the wind turbines or anything clean energy, it's going to take raw materials. And that is the space that is going to be ripe for price appreciation and high demand. Those companies that know, have the rights and ability to mine those materials they're going to do far better than the individual names that are building the end products. So that's the way I would go. I would not invest in this. All of these companies, for the most part, are drastically overvalued. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Let's head up to Napa again. A lot of calls from Napa and talk with Nick. He's looking at Lululemon. Hi, how's it going? Going pretty well. You own it or are you looking to buy it? Um, I own a couple of shares of the stock. I'm not sure what to do with it right now. Um, I know that things are going to start opening up, but I'm not sure if I should just take my profits off the table or if I should just hold it for a little bit longer. I was wondering what you think. Well, it depends on your time horizon. You know, long term, I like Lululemon. Uh, I, I, I wear some of their stuff. Actually, I really love their, um, they call them ABC pants. I won't tell you what the ABC stands for, but they are very comfortable. I wear them uh, often to the office. Uh, so I'm a big fan of their products. Uh, my girlfriend's a big fan of their products as well. And so I like the company. The problem is, is the valuation just is, is way too high. They certainly had some tailwinds from, um, you know, the, athleisure wear trend and that continues to uh, be strong and I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Uh, once again, very profitable business, but our value, frankly, is a close to $150 a share. Now we're at 290, so 50% lower than here. So I wouldn't even think about owning this until about 175. That's when I would 
really be interested, especially from a technical perspective. There is some support there, but fundamentally, it's probably only worth about 150. And so, if you if you're worried about valuation, you're right; it is overvalued. Uh, but if you want to hold it long term, if you're a long term investor, I would be just finding places to add to your position. Thanks for the call, Nick. Now let's squeeze in another voice bank caller question, this time from Arizona. Hi, this is Rosario, and I'm calling from Arizona. I would like your opinion on a company called Realty Income. The symbol is O. I've owned the stock for a couple of years, and I reinvest the dividend, buying additional shares. Thank you, and have a good day. All right, looking at Realty Income. And this is one of the largest retail REITs in the world. They, they own roughly 6,600 properties. No, not square feet, 6,600 properties. Most of these are freestanding, single-tenant uh, retail properties. Think of your local McDonald's or your local Starbucks. It's just a freestanding uh, little building. They have properties in 49 states and Puerto Rico. And across 47 different industries. So broad, broad distribution uh, and diversification, so that's good. Now, the problem, though, is the retail space as a whole is struggling and will continue to struggle post-COVID. So that's what worries me, is the pressure on lease rates and, and rents overall. So the, my first question would be, since you're reinvesting those dividends, which seems like a lot, uh, probably 4.7% is the current yield. If you honed it for a long period of time, you probably slowly accumulated a lot of different, a lot of shares. So I would be a little bit worried about the weighting of it in your entire portfolio. If it's over, say, 5%, I would absolutely be trimming this. There's too much risk here. Their balance sheet is, is a bit stretched, and it's not particularly undervalued. Enterprise value to EBITDA is 22 it's pretty expensive, and if you look in history, uh, it's still relatively expensive. You know, it typically trades somewhere closer to uh, 12 to, to 15 times EBITDA. So it's it's not cheap, and it's in the heart of the area of real estate that is getting hit the hardest. And so I don't love it. Uh, it's not particularly overvalued or or or, uh, or undervalued. That's for sure. Uh, but I would make sure that it's limited, especially because you've been buying a lot of shares throughout the years with that dividend. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live stream broadcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Get your free downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And as always, investtalk.com. And be sure to rate and review. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis. 
and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.